0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the um, daily devotion from the Church of the Palms. My name is Dr. Stu Broberg. I'm uh, one of the visitation pastors here at the church. So let us uh, begin uh, by focusing our hearts and our minds on some beautiful and inspirational music. Our uh, scripture uh, for today comes from the Gospel according to Luke in the sixth chapter in the 20th verse. Uh, it is uh, Jesus and the Sermon on the Plain. And uh, there are, you might say, four Beatitudes. Uh, blessed are you who are poor. Uh, blessed are you who hunger. Blessed are you who weep, and blessed are you when men hate you on account of the Son of Man. This is the word of God. Thanks be unto God. Let us pray. Powerful God, and now in these moments, we ask you to illumine us through your spirit and through your word and imprint your written word upon our hearts, and have it become the living word through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All these things we ask and claim, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, The name of this uh, devotional today is, uh, What is God's Plan for Haiti?, uh, this uh, in a way came about, I've been uh, going to the nation of Haiti uh, since 2016 on mission trips and I think I've been on about five or six of them over uh, the last several years. And um, I would go to uh, Lacroix, Haiti, which is a uh, poor, uh, impoverished area. In rural Haiti, sort of tucked up against the mountain ranges between Haiti and the Dominican Republic, in the little town of La Croix, and there is the uh, um, uh, the mission that is there, and the mission now has a school that has like about 3,800 students in it, the New Testament Mission, and we would uh, do these mission projects, through the New Testament mission and the New Testament mission school. Uh, The first time when I went in 2016, I was milling around in the uh, schoolyard in between classes, meeting some of the students. And a group of very earnest students came, sort of uh, made a semi-circle around me, and they said to me, Pastor, whenever somebody says it that way, they, that means you're on notice that you're about to need to give an official explanation here. Pastor, what is your plan for Haiti? Now, mind you, I'd hardly been there a couple of days. I didn't really have a, a, a specific plan for Haiti or what I was there about. I was sort of there to learn and to look and to observe and to meet people. Uh, But I wasn't going to just say that. And and fortunately, the good Lord uh, inspired me. It was one of those little Holy Spirit nudges and and gave me this, which I said to them. I said, well, I don't have a plan, but God has a plan for Haiti. And I said, and you're, and I pointed to each one in turn. And I said, "And and you're part of God's plan 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 and you're part of God's plan. And it all sort of got their attention, and they were um, listening, but quiet uh, and reflective. After that, uh, when I would be there, I would go and I would uh, visit. I would go uh, walking with uh, groups of students, and we would go to like their little villages that were outside of where the La Croix, where the mission school was, and I would visit their homes. And these homes would be um probably about the size of a typical uh, walk-in closet in the United States, uh, often with dirt floors, uh, certainly no running water, no electricity and At some point in time, uh, the woman of the household would take me over and there would be like a pot in in the uh, corner of of the house and um which was the rice pot, and she would take the lid off of it, and she would look, and it would be empty, and she'd nod her head like this. And what I, of course, immediately realized was that many of the students who I was meeting, uh, when they would go home uh, in the evenings after school, um, they would have nothing to eat. When you're walking along the roads there, uh, first of all, it's a great sacrifice for them to be walking with you. Uh, in, in Haiti, um, Christians tend to be harassed and looked down upon, and they, uh, many people in Haiti do not have a favorable view of what they refer to as blancs, white people. And so, as you would be walking along the road, Uh, people would be sort of harassing you a little bit or they'd be calling out Blanc, Blanc. And so for the young people to be, say, walking with me, it was a great sacrifice on their part to do so because uh, they might be targeted, they might be harassed. Uh, You know, there's a belief in voodoo in Haiti and that the uh, local voodoo priest might put some kind of a hex on them. And uh, so... um, And and indeed, even though these young people, say, would go to church, they might go to the youth group and everything, they themselves might not be baptized Christians because it's such a scary step to publicly proclaim yourself uh, to be a Christian in Haiti that some of the young people are, I'll say, afraid to do that because of the consequences of it. Now... um, You know, and and you'd find out things like this. Uh, This one house that I visited, uh, there was the young man, uh, Yubi, and uh, he took me to his family's home. And his father had literally just had major abdominal surgery and and was immediately released to go home. You know, would have probably traveled by some little tap-tap little bus in order to get home. Certainly no ambulance. And, um, and I was kind of looking around, and I went to UBI. I said, uh, where's his medicine? Oh, we really couldn't afford his surgery, um, so we also certainly can't afford his medicine. So they had sent his father home after major surgery with no pain meds, and no antibiotics and i was just i was just like oh man so i you know went into my wallet and i said Yubi, go to the pharmacy and get your dad some some medicine um there were just thing after thing like this and another thing that i found was that um, most of these young people did not actually have a father they might be either being raised by their mother in a couple of the instances of these young people they were in an orphanage. But an orphanage in Haiti is different than what we might think of as an orphanage because often an orphan might have one or both of his parents that would still be alive. Uh, Because in Haiti, as in a lot of the developing world, uh, when a child gets to a certain age, uh, generally like maybe seven, six, seven or 8 for a little boy, uh, maybe 10, 11, 12 for a little girl, uh, the parents would just abandon them uh, on the street, and they'd have to start fending for themselves. And um, that just shocked me. So uh, one of the young people was at the local orphanage in, La- in Lacroix. And, um, and in a way, I discovered that some of my role um, became being, I will call it a father-like figure, to a lot of these young people. Uh, helping them, giving them advice, praying for them, and so forth. Anyway. Um, so one, uh, one of the days, uh, every day at school, at the New Testament Mission School, it would begin with opening exercises, and all the kids would gather out in the big schoolyard, and they would line up by grade. And, you know, there might be 60 first graders and 60 second graders and 55 third graders and so forth, so on, <coughs> until it got up to the upper grades of high school uh, where there would be fewer and fewer students until finally when it got to what's called 13th grade or terminal grade, which is the university preparatory grade, there would be only maybe like 12 kids in and finally, you know, I got to the place, I thought, I need to ask why. So I took a couple of the kids aside and I said, well, why? Why aren't there 60 kids in, in the university preparatory grade? And they said, well, at some point we figure it out that all of this, you know, education is key to your future, um, only lasts a certain amount of time until you get to the place where you're going to go to the university. And we can't go to the university because we don't have the funds to go to the university. And I thought, that's not right. Um, And so as a result of that, kids dropped out of school, uh, didn't graduate, became discipline problems, and so forth, because they they really felt that there was no hope. So I took some of these kids aside and I said to them, I said, if I could provide you with a way for you to go to the university, would you like work really hard and study really hard and do very well and make good grades so that you could go to the university? And they said, yes, yes, we would. So out of that, uh, my last church uh, and some... uh, Lovely, generous people, and, and I myself too, uh, would give money to support these young people going to the university in Haiti. And there's one uh, who is in, uh, in dental school, and there's another who's in nursing school, and there are a couple in business school, and a couple who are, um, you know, going to be IT professionals. Uh, there are two that are going to be teachers. Uh, there's one going to be a pastor, and there's uh, one young person who's going to be a doctor. And so, literally, in my mind, that this is, you might say, this is God's plan for Haiti, uh, that these wonderful Christian young people will have an opportunity to succeed in a way and not only will be successful in their life in Haiti, but also will be leaders in their community, leaders in their church, and so forth. And I tell them that all the time. Um, um, I remind them that this is what this is about, is for them to give back to their community, to the New Testament mission, to their church, and in a way that makes a difference through their lives. So um, all of this was well and good until here just a couple years ago, when uh, you probably maybe have read about all the violence and the insecurity that's going on in in Haiti. And there are these armed gangs uh, all throughout the country, but particularly in Port-au-Prince, the capital. And uh, they're extremely well armed. Uh, They're actually, they're armed rather cynically by the elites in Haiti Uh, So they have like their own little private armies uh, that battle against one another for territory and so forth. But some of what they, uh, you know, and they're into drug dealing and um, shaking down businesses and all kinds of things. But they also will uh, stop people on the road um, to rob them. And they may just arbitrarily kill somebody or they will kidnap someone. Um, for example, I haven't been able to go back to Haiti for a couple of years because, you know, as one person said to me, uh, you wouldn't make it five minutes outside the airport in Port-au-Prince before you'd be kidnapped too. So, here are these young people now in the university in Haiti, and they're trying to study and they're trying to get to class. Um, here, six months ago. Not one of the students I know, but another student in that university uh, was gunned down as he was walking to school. Um, Another one was kidnapped and held for ransom. They assume that if someone is a student, they have some sort of means, and so they'll kidnap students and hold them for ransom. So there's this, um, it's dangerous, it's scary, um, and there's a lot of fear that is going on. And uh, young people's reaction isn't too much different than anyone's would be. It's you know, sort of the flight or, uh, you know, fight or flee um, response. And um, and basically, you know, they're like, well, we need to get out of here. We need to go to the Dominican Republic. We need... Um, to go elsewhere because it's too dangerous here. And I would say to them, no, because you're part of God's plan for Haiti, uh, not for the Dominican Republic. And then they would say, and they call me now, they call me father, and it's not father like a priest. It's like a parental figure. And they say, father, um, we, we know that you care for us. Um, why won't you help us go to a place where we'll be safe? And that's very hard for me. Um, because, of course, one of the things that happened since 20... 16 is um, that I've come to care for these young people very, very much. I know them. I know their families. I know what's important to them. I know their faith, uh, their heart about so many things. But if I help them leave, then am I really being part of God's plan to help Haiti? You know, the um, scripture, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, we're more familiar with his Sermon on the Mount, and I think it's probably because we like it better, because the Sermon on the Mount is filled with blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. Uh, The Sermon on the Plain, as I uh, spoke to you at the beginning of this, there are four blessings, blessing for those who are poor and who are hungry, uh, who are weeping, and those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Um, but in the Sermon on the Plain, there are four corresponding woes. And it's sort of like, well, and woe unto those, I'll just say, who are not poor. Woe unto those who are not hungry. Woe unto those who are not weeping. Um, woe unto those who never cause a ripple in any way and so are um, are not persecuted and um, you know I was looking at that, and in a way I just um, and I was feeling very convicted by it all uh, as I was preparing this and thinking about this passage, uh, convicted in relation to the young people and me saying, no, I can't help you leave, Um, convicted of, in a way of all the blessings I have in my own life. You know, I have wonderful parents and um, was able to go to any school, college, university that I wanted to. I've always been abundantly blessed in my life. And so as I was thinking about this text, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, is that there to make those of us who have uh, feel bad and feel convicted and and you know we're subject only to woe and not to blessing? And I I don't think that really is Jesus' point. I think rather it is uh, for us to become personally involved in the needs and the cares of others in life, Um, to care and to love and to have compassion as Jesus does uh, for other people, for, uh, you might say, uh, Haiti hasn't necessarily changed that much, but I've changed a lot since 2016. Uh, these are not just random young people. These are my kids. Um, these are not just statistics. Uh, these are people who I personally know and love. It's not just a news story you know, on the evening news. No, this is about people I deeply, deeply care about, and that I um, am trying to show them, you know, the love and the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, through my life. So, and you know, um, you don't have to go to Haiti to do this. Um, One of the things that's really wonderful about the Church of the Palms is how many opportunities uh, we have here uh, uh, if... You know, if our issue is people who are hungry, there are ways to reach out to them. There, if literacy is our issue, well, become a tutor. Um, there are so many ways. Uh, there is an upcoming mission trip to Honduras uh, that it will be a wonderful experience, life-changing, uh, one of these transformational experiences that um, just you might say as I had beginning in 2016. Uh, that you're, you will never view the world quite the same uh, after you've had these encounters with other people and through the, the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ. So, you know, I'm thinking back on the, those first five young people who sort of challenged me, Pastor, what is your plan for Haiti? Well, it's not my plan, it's God's plan. God's plan involves each one of those young people uh, to bless them in their life, uh, to give them a future and a hope, uh, an opportunity for education, to do something significant with their life. But as I think about it, it also um, is, I'm part of God's plan. Um, My heart um, how i choose to use my time and the way that the lord has blessed me in my life that's part of god's plan and and maybe uh, just maybe you know someone who's listening to this devotional today maybe you're part of god's plan as well if you feel being led to do that just reach out uh, there are so many opportunities here uh, for you um, and for many, many people. What is God's plan for Haiti? Uh, you may well be part of that too. Amen and amen. Let us pray. A powerful God, we thank you, uh, Lord, that we receive blessings in our life from you. And maybe the best blessing that we receive is a caring and a loving and a compassion that comes from you and your son, Jesus. Lord, we know that he is seeking to pour out his great love through us. So, Lord, have us just say yes to that today. Lord, bless those who are in need and who need someone to care for them today. Lord, raise us up to be that person. Lord, all these things we ask and claim in the strong and the powerful name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.